0: That rocks like a thing that you wouldn't be allowed to say on the radio. (laughs) Oh, that rocks like a... Doesn't it just... Doesn't it? Just, yet? Yeah. Um, Sue has joined us in the studio, going to tell us about TV in a minute, but sitting here just listening to that together, isn't it just, oh, I'd never puts a yeah. foot wrong. Such an amazing guitar player.
1: I went through a phase of being sick of that song because it was played so often. But like when you come back around to it, you realise how amazing it is.
0: And you were doing Axel's dance yeah. that he had at the time, <laughs> the, the sideways shuffle thing. Yeah, that was very <laughs> cool. That was very cool.
1: I actually have a really good impression of him down. You like do. in front of the speaker with the microphone thing. Yep. Yeah,
0: They were so <laughs> rock and roll, but so they were perfectly were, yeah. rock and roll. Um, Mick was saying that he went backstage to one of their parties. Um, oh God. It, yeah, <laughs> I know. And he's piped. <laughs> is, uh, Nick, <laughs> Nick Wall, land, Last of the Giants, The True Story of Guns N' Roses is the name of the book. He went backstage with them um, in 1972. There were scarves and incense and drugs and booze and groupies. Just the old yeah, I can story.
1: imagine. I can imagine it was the old style of rock a and A world that
0: we thought had gone away hadn't gone away at all. <laughs> yeah.
1: it's kind of amazing.
0: We were um, we went over to record our album in uh, 1990 in LA, yeah. and it's a few years after, but they it was just we were in a, a, a Guns and Roses world. Really, you know, everybody in LA wanted to be the new Guns N' Roses, and uh, it I was find
1: it like 35 million. Copies. So what were we saying? Yeah, halftime for, for destruction. destruction. That's I know, it's incredible. Yeah. So
0: slay. They're one of the few bands I think can carry off Slane It takes a certain type of band to play Slane You need to be, you know, have a bit of swagger. You've
1: kind of convinced me as well because before when I was talking to you, I was like, "Is he even going to turn up for that gig?" But he's a changed
0: <laughs> he's man. He's a changed man. Changed man. As kind we heard you could see it. Yeah. Apparently it sounds amazing. Um, as well. um, five three one zero six for your texts. They're uh, great. I'm just telling a few <laughs> other Guns and Roses stories. Not suitable um, for the era. Not quite <laughs> suitable for the air. No. But five three one zero six for your texts. Um, I little clip to play for you in a minute um, but uh, Tom did you know legend has it Axel was asked by a reporter why was it that he had misspelled his name because he spelled it A-X-E-L mm. and probably shouldn't be spelled it way upon realising that he had he started to cry <laughs> <laughs> did he really
1: is that true I don't know I really wish it uh, is night,
0: no, Tom Guns and Roses is brilliant I reckon the book as well as other books are well worth a read do you think Guns N' Roses dwarf Metallica mega mega Tom good interviews good show Tom and oh, I was just talking to you about
1: text. Metallica Actually, Metallica's Some Kind of Monster is one of the best they're music toxic monsters. Yeah,
0: they're very different types of bands. Yeah. They um, were Metallica
1: were just mad though I mean they were having group therapy sessions in some kind of monster it was brilliant oh,
0: you do happen to make more music <laughs> I have to play this for you though this is the um, the clip that we had um, get in the ring this is the piece of of Guns N' Roses so just in case you think we were making that up that uh, Mick- Wall making it into a Guns N' Roses song this is the bit of there's loads of bad language in this by the way just in case you're worried um, in case you're worried we're making our <laughs> quota tonight <laughs> um, so yes there's a bit of strong language here step away from it if it's going to offend you. But uh, yeah, this is the song. The song's called Get In The Ring. mentions Mick Wall.
1: That goes for all you punks in the press that want to start shit by printing lines instead of the things we said. That means you, Andy, says you're a hit parader. Circus Magazine, Mick Wall at Crank. Bob Good, Jr. at Spin. What, you pissed off because your dad gets more pussy than you? Oh, Axel, in mid-swing,
0: just going through everything you possibly say there. (laughs) Oh, wonderful, (laughs) wonderful. Yes. Uh, So, TV, Sue?
1: Yeah. (laughs) We're coming down from the Guns N' Roses fan session. Yeah, I
0: I recorded loads of things that you told me to record uh, last week, (laughs) but I haven't gotten to see any of them. Oh, God. But I have been reading the reviews of Rillington Place.
1: Oh, my God. It was really... So, we watched it on Wednesday night. The night after, because we were still in the middle of Westworld on a Tuesday night. And it stayed with me. <laughs> I considered turning it off at one point. I was so terrified. Terrified. of a, And it doesn't show you anything. It's all built in tension. It's incredible stuff. It's so dark. It's The script is so good. There's such an amount of, like the, the wife, is played by Samantha yeah. Morton, such an amount of terror that she does that this one point where she gets up to find out what's going on in the front room and he kind of leads her back to the bedroom and he's got a hammer in his right hand and there's blood in it no way and then just returns um, and you'd have to be really watching to see it is because, he a
0: creepy Christy because um, yeah. that was part of what I was saying uh, when Dickie yeah. Attenborough played the part of him he was so make your skin crawl yeah. that kind yeah. of person who just touches your elbow and and yeah. help you back to your seat. Then.
1: Yeah, and no, you're, uh, he was just horrible because apparently when he was in the war, he suffered some. I think there was something wrong with his ear, but he always spoke really low, so he speaks really low all the time and like this, and is really. And then when he, they're really like, the most. Upsetting oh accents, my aren't god! They? And the way he speaks to her, and then you know things that he's referring to, like isn't that a lovely back garden that we, mm. have? you know, and you're just like, oh my god, please make this stop. Yes. And then I don't want to give away the end of the first episode because it's it's actually really good, but it's it's only three parts here, and it's. It's brilliant. It's wild. Well it's worth an amazing story.
0: Um, it is. And we're going to give you a little story. clip of it because if you yeah. have missed it, this is worth trying to catch up with. Um, this is a little clip from Rulington Place, which is on at the moment. And in this clip, after a night sheltering from air raids, Ethel's suspicions grow on returning home to an unsettling scene.
1: I well, thought you were on duty.
0: Enforce break. After 24 hours, it's mandatory.
1: What's going on in there, eh? The drum stinks of perfume. Oh.
0: Judy. She left you a little present on the bed. You didn't have to use half the bottle, did you? It's posh, that.
1: <sighs>
0: right. That's it. I can see you squirming in the seas during just, that.
1: Yeah, no, I was remembering bits of it. And it's like she comes home twice and the stains in the bed you're
0: just like Ooh. so it doesn't
1: it's, it's, you haven't seen anything yet but it's terrifying yeah.
0: that is uh, Rillington Place it is on at the moment and uh, yeah it was 1971 the previous version Richard Attenborough Judy Gleason John Hurt were in the roles yeah. so that's uh, a very high bar they're going up against but so far you were very impressed yeah it's great. good stuff if you've seen it let us know if you're enjoying it as well Five, three, one, six for your text what have you got for us this week
1: so, um, something that was on this evening, actually, but you'd be able to catch on a couple of the players, and I imagine it's going to be on the the r s t v channels in in a while. It's called Project Children Hedge to Defuse a Bomb. It's amazing story. I read about it in Sunday times yesterday. It was this bit of project that was set up for nineteen i think it was nineteen yeah, nineteen seventy five by a guy called um Dennis Mulcahy, and he was part of the NYPD bomb. Um, disposal unit and he was posted in in Northern Ireland at the time We he played this significant part of bringing children to the United States that I think it was 20,000 children as part of the project altogether 20,000 yeah so basically they just they went over for summers into he- homes of people that lived in the States and they took them in and just gave them just a break from stuff that was going on in Northern Ireland one of the people that featured in this under Times a really good article it was Michael Keaton so Michael Keaton was one of the people that took in one of these kids and he went back. The actor? Yeah, he went back. Took it, in a child from yeah. Northern so Ireland. so the, the, the headline was something like Batman saved my life or something like that and he went back after, when your man got married. Uh, Michael Keaton went back to Northern Ireland to attend his wedding and everything like It's an incredible, it's well worth reading read as an article. It's very, very interesting. And how long would they take them for? Take the well. They called it the Summer of Peace, so I imagine it was just over a summer period, and they were out of school and stuff like that. But up to three right. months, yeah. And
0: when they took them out of Northern Ireland, brought them over to America, would the Catholics and the Protestant boys have been um, mi- mixing together and yeah,
1: stuff? Yeah, like I mm. imagine. Like, have you ever seen that bit in Good Vibrations where they're in the back of the? Have you seen Good Vibrations? It's the story of you know, um, what's the the guy's name, Dooley? Oh, I can't remember his name. The guy who set up, um oh god what's the name of the band the Northern Ireland band Teenage Kicks oh yeah yeah so he was—he had all these guys in the back of a band they were pulled over by the police and he said Terry you don't Hoody. have that's his name you don't have Protestants Good and vibrations. Catholics in the back yes it's brilliant I got there <laughs> you don't <laughs> You don't have Protestant, and Catholics in the back and he was like, It doesn't make any difference at music. It's not the way yeah. it is. And that's that's honestly what they were trying to do. They were trying to give because imagine taking them from troubled yeah. Northern Ireland at the time and bring them to this just normality. It must have been such a different world for them if they'd grown up with it. Would have so changed their
0: lives, really, wouldn't it?
1: Ama- like it's such an amazing story, but I cannot write, like have a read of that article, have a look at the pictures of Michael yeah. Keaton with this guy. It's so amazing. But as
0: a kid, if you were like going over there, you'd get this different impression of the world and yeah. the different things you can do. Yeah your mind, wouldn't exactly. it? You'd, you'd come back with a whole different horizon.
1: 1975, I mean, that was, a, that was a tough year up the North. Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh,
0: we have a clip from it here. A Catholic and a Protestant schoolboy meet for the first time on the flight to America. This is the first time either of them have met somebody from the opposite faith and it does not go well. Nine-year-old Kevin Brady and John Chevers, 11, were young boys from either side of a divided Belfast. The first time they had ever met someone of a different tradition was when they met each other on the very first Project Children flight. I remember distinctly um, messing around with the chairs because they went back and forth. The seat in front of me kept on coming back and forth. There was a kid in front. It seemed to me like a big armchair. He was a Catholic in front of me. His name was Kevin. And it just seemed to be something to have fun with. He kept on doing this on purpose. I pressed it at the wrong time just as John was getting into his Happy pudding.
1: And I ended up, and under my face, I was covered in it. He wasn't too happy at all. I, I tapped him on the head, and he got up, and he knew where I was from, and I knew where he was from. And uh, I said, You've got to stop this with the seat. And he went back and forth, and they ended up throwing punches at each other, and
0: then they were pulled apart. Unbelievable.
1: It's a great story. I People fight over seats this.
0: all the time. Yeah. I, I, they don't really, Just normality. A lot of planes don't let you do that anymore. Yeah. But honest <laughs> to God, the number of times the person in front of you, you would think it's God, personal. Yeah. They're deliberately trying to annoy yeah. me. Every time I try and eat my... That's
1: r- every time I get on a flight. Yeah. I seem to have that look.
0: <laughs> yes. Or someone kicking the seat behind you as well. <laughs> yeah. So it's another one that you're very impressed by, and it's up on it's your online pick of the week, Captive. Yes, it's on Netflix, on
1: Netflix um, from Friday, so all the episodes are up there. It's going to be eight episodes, um, and it talks about hostage taking in eight different countries. So I'm um, um, like everyone's seen how much of a massive thing this has uh, become in the last few years. People being kidnapped, and um, videos being taken, the impact that it has on the families, the rise of ISIS. It's just it's an interesting. It's an interesting part of our lives now, which I suppose hasn't really been explored. But these are going to ha- these people are going to have unbelievable access. They, one of the guys involved is a uh, uh, Manon I think he was the director. He's the oh, producer yeah. of Manon Warre. Simon Chin. Uh, Simon Chin. Yeah. And the executive producer is Born Born Identity. Doug Lyman. It just it just looks incredible. The access that these people are going to get is really really good. So they they kind of go with the entire um, hostage shaking, but they speak to the family and they speak to the people who are involved who are trying to get the person back. I mean. I haven't really seen anything like that in reality. But then they,
0: they use archive footage, don't they? And they do reconstructions.
1: Yes. Like it's gonna be you think about like we were talking about this before we came in. If you want don't want this to be a massive thing, you don't want to place control and like in the and power in the hands of groups like ISIS. If you do a documentary series like this that's shown the power of this, mm. is that going to change people's perception of what that is? As in like, do you suddenly become aware that this is a really big thing and that you can use it to your advantage? I wonder if something like this going to get a big audience of people who are going to use it
0: you mean like it will actually encourage yeah um, to a
1: certain extent like God, I, you know we, but isn't that amazing that if for something like a show like that you suddenly have to think of the implications of what's going to happen if you put it out as yeah. being one of this big massive thing so it's eight episodes but is
0: it also not uh, demystifying it a little bit and, and maybe showing yeah, the, the grubbiness yeah. of the people involved as I imagine well. it
1: is and but that they make it look like they have all this power but yeah. reasonably it's just two guys that are standing with a video camera it's just, it's just a very interesting concept for a TV series. I think they're going to do really interesting things with it. Uh,
0: one of the things they actually get the participation of the victims and the perpetrators.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. That feels really like it's just very uncomfortable. uncomfortable yeah. But as well as that, the the families. What the families must go through in these cases is, is unbelievable. It's uh, just fascinating. We
0: have a listen. This is from the trailer. Um, features real life hostage situations around the world, offering an insight into negotiations and life or death stakes. Freedom
1: is priceless. We take it for granted. It was an average boring day. I was an ordinary guy.
0: I was the CEO of Coca-Cola, Brazil. None of us knew the dangers we were gonna face.
1: In the Philippines, four Americans, eight prison guards
0: held hostage. by Somali pirates. Oh
1: my god, I'm being kidnapped. Hours, we're going to kill a hostage. You say tell the children I love them. Either we're going to get them
0: please or they're going to die. Help me. Help us. That sounds very dramatic indeed. Yeah. Sue. Very dramatic indeed. Yeah. You wonder how you'd bear up don't you?
1: I think it's going to be a difficult watch but I think it'll be like considering current times I think it would be a really interesting one.
0: Yeah. Different strokes, different yeah. folks. I think I'd be very bad captive.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so crying from the word go, I think. Yeah. <laughs> just like take him back. Yeah, just let me go, take will you? Stop messing. <laughs> Nobody's going to have me anyway. They don't care. They won't give you the money. Stop
0: messing. <laughs> Let me go. <laughs> yeah.
1: um,
0: that is on Netflix from December the 9th you will be able to watch that. Um, the big fix didn't have much time to, to talk about it, but the big life fix is what exactly?
1: I basically cried to reading about this. So basically it's a group of engineers that have been tasked with helping people who have day to day difficulties. So one of them is a graphic designer who now has Parkinson's and she can't draw in a straight line. And they're basically gonna help her do that again. And there's um there's a town in Wales that doesn't have internet connection, and they're gonna help them, but instead of just being let's
0: say if towns in Ireland you hear about <laughs> <that> this. <laughs>
1: just come here god that's a really G- good idea yo cheese yes. next show <laughs> but it's it. just it's such a good idea because there's I think what, there was a man who has a, a skin condition and can't use his beloved camera and they're going to help him so it's a really practical way of helping people that have difficulties like I, I'd just be really interested to see how they do this like to restore that for a graphic designer it sounds like an yeah, incredible kind yeah
0: um, that's on BBC2 at 9pm and on then Wednesday. your yeah. uh, film of the week is a music documentary
1: yes on 4 tried for of course um, No Direction Homes Martin Scorsese Doc Bob Dylan this is a long watch I'm going to warn people that they've actually put it out in two parts on Friday nights it's three and a half hours long which is pretty long but there's a lot of access to Bob Dylan that I haven't really seen cuz let's be fair Bob Dylan doesn't really like talking to people that much and there's a lot of like full length performances the soundtrack and okay. um, the the musical clips that they use is really good i've i've watched it i gave up after an hour and a half the first time because it is lengthy but you're a Bob Dylan fan you're Bob Dylan fan and his music, it's just, it's a really good watch and it's one that you have to watch. Come
0: and um, I think what's interesting too is it's, it's coming up to the Nobel Prize, which he is not going over to <laughs> accept, obviously. Do you
1: think he's uh, ill or something, though? No, I... I, I or do I, he just doesn't want to get involved?
0: Yeah, he just doesn't want to get involved, I think. Uh, the Rolling mm. Stones, were talk- they spent time with him recently and they were talking about him and they were saying that, you know, he's kind of sheepish about it. And really? Well, saying, he
1: was very shy, though, wasn't he? He was yeah, always he said, very shy. It's great
0: you won this, isn't it? And he's kind of, is it great I won this? And <laughs> yeah, I know it's a bit mad. So it's the greatest
1: prize you can win. It
0: is, um, which I think is unsettling him somehow. Yeah. But he's <laughs> not going for it. But you can watch this instead. Um, so we shall give you a little clip now from this. Uh, this is where Dylan makes poetry on the spot while reading words on a sign that were arranged in an unusual way. I'm looking for a place that's going to collect my commission, sell my dog, burn my bird, and sell me to the cigarette. going to bird my buy, collect my will, and bathe my commission. I'm looking for a place that's going to animal my soul, knit my return, bathe my foot, and collect my dog. Commission me to sell my animal to the bird to clip, and buy my bath, and return me back to the cigarette. That is Bob Dylan uh, making up poetry on the spot, no better man. And when is that on? Is that on? That's on Friday, BBC BBC Four, in two parts. Right.
1: Yeah.